I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed, and this is Marek Larwood. Hello, film lovers and film listeners. That doesn't even make sense. I'm sorry, I, I'm hungover. And I think I think I'm still drunk. Both. I was walking both? I walked here and I was walking like an old man who shut himself. <laughs> I was that hungover. And I could see people were avoiding me because I was walking funny because I didn't want I w- didn't want to be sick. I haven't been I haven't got that drunk. I was out till f- four o'clock last night and now it's about midday. And I was with these American people, and it was just not right. What, what? Where did you go? All sorts of places, and then people started doing shots, and then it. And I've got after after I do this podcast, I've got to do a three-hour radio show, and I can barely walk. Well, luckily, you don't to need to paid. do a lot of walking in radio. But I've got to walk there and be in a hot room. I'm going to part and be and be articulate. I can barely talk. This is just a start. I've got to do another three hours of talking after this. I mean, I don't want to undermine you, but I'd say you're more articulate now than you usually are. This is how this is how drunk people start becoming drunks. People say, do you know what? You're, you're, you're much so more entertaining. You're so much more fun. Yeah. <laughs> you are a boring You've actually got right a personality now. <laughs> uh, people don't often say it about people who are hungover, though, do they? You are so much more fun yeah, yeah. when you're hungover. You're going out drinking tonight, yeah. Let me, I'll come round tomorrow morning then. <laughs> we could have breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we've seen some films, haven't we? Yes, I went to my new cinema. Oh, how was it? I'm equidistant between two cinemas. One's a new art house that's opened up, which means... <clears throat> I don't know if it's supposed to be a cinema or not. It made me realise how much cinemas have come on without me without previously realising it. How do you mean? The seats were the old stalls, you know, the old... uh, They clearly bought, like, four rows of seats from what looked from a 1920s cinema. So they weren't very comfortable. They were straight back, so it wasn't a comfortable experience. And you walked in, and it was a... You were really close to the screen, so there's only four rows. And the light was bright when you walked in. So everyone could see each other sitting down. It was like... Going to uh, uh, starting a class at school, so you, there was no an- anonymity there, which I think I really like about the cinema. So you, I was there, and it was quite it was too full enough space for people, so that made me instantly hate it. 
and it smelled of paint still. Oh, that's the, the smell. I've never even considered the smell of a film. Yeah, smell of paint. So that, They're it, pretty inert, most cinemas, aren't they? Yes. I mean, the smell never really hits my nostrils. No, it's true. You don't really get a smelly... I mean, I went, went to see Kick-Ass and someone in the road, three rows ahead of me puked up. Oh, well, but we could because tell, no, of because the, the graphic we, detail? No, we just, the smell is sick, suddenly. Uh, <laughs> they, they might not have puked up, they might have just opened a Tupperware of sick. That might be the case, yeah. Well, I, I should have asked. Really. <laughs> but um, I thought they might be mental, having puked up and stayed sitting down in the cinema. Yeah. Or they might have been, that might be me. Now, come back you know, in a time machine or something, I don't know. I had one of... Uh, our uh, uh, awkward cinema experiences, or rather, I witnessed it. Luckily, it didn't happen to when? me. When this this week? This week, yeah. What happened? Where, um, okay, about half an hour into the film, into the actual film. So this guy arrived, probably if you count the adverts at the beginning, an hour late to the right. starting of this film, and he was sort of shuffling around, um, you know, big sort of coat and hat. A masturbator. Um, I was thinking more a vagrant. But, oh, okay, um, okay. But he wandered in, and there were only about eight people, in, and it was in screen one, like the main or okay. screen. And he walked down a row and sat right next to another guy. Oh, no. But the guy's credit, excuse me, the guy's credit, at the at full volume while the film was going on, he just went, um, Here, what's your game? There's an entire cinema here for you to sit doing. You sit next to me. Fuck off. <laughs> Perfect. And the guy got up and moved. Did he? And I and he stayed for the whole film. And I know because, as you say, it's dark in normal cinemas. As I walked past him, he seemed to be holding a bottle of what looked like a Worcestershire sauce that he really? was drinking from. Very odd. But why would you go and sit next to someone? Right next to the well. If you're going to try and pickpocket them in the dark is the only thing I can think of. Or you're lonely. Those are the two things. But I had that at work once. I was temping and I sat down. And some woman came in and sat down right next to me and didn't address it, but sat down as if it was perfectly normal mm. in, in, in the canteen. It was really odd. It's like if someone sits next to you on the bus and there are plenty of double seats available. Yes, yeah. I mean, that is threatening. Yeah. Really threatening. Yeah. But, some, but people are completely oblivious to it sometimes. Very odd. Um, what film... Do you want to talk about your film first? I need to have a break from talking. Okay. Um, we nearly finished this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, this one's nearly done. Um, we, uh, well, um, I saw a French film uh, prompted by your love of French films. Oh, Tres Bien, Davy. <laughs> Tres Bien. Mercy Bookups. Qu'est-ce que... I don't know its name in French, actually. Uh, It's called uh, The Strange Colour of Your Body's Tears. I mean, that sounds like... The Strange... The Strange Colour of Your Body's Tears. Yeah. Basically, just... No, I wasn't crying, I was just having a piss. (laughs) That's right. Um, And it's a a sort of... um, uh, almost sort of surreal thriller about mm-hmm. a man in a block of flats whose wife goes missing, and he starts into he starts knocking on the doors of his neighbours uh, to see if they anyone's seen her, and uh, they all start telling their weird stories, and then the whole thing just descends into madness. Um, 
what very you... quickly. Like if you imagine sort of Brazil or something like that being the archetypical, the structure collapses around the film as the protagonist goes mad and it ends up being crazy. Okay, this does that after about the first fifteen twenty minutes. Uh, what made you go and see it? Um, just it was. Uh, I not just. To tell you the truth, it's a current release, and this one um, I saw on my telly because it's a small release, so they did that simultaneous release oh, across okay. all media. Yeah. So I had the dog one evening. I was like, I'm not going to go to the cinema. I'll leave him on his own to bark at the neighbours. So I, I watched that instead. Hmm. It was cinematically, be- you know, incredible, beautiful, yeah. really, really, really well shot, um, but total wank. It rubbish <laughs> it, from the start. Absolute cock. Not rubbish from the start. When he's actually, he's a character looking for his wife and he knocks on two of his neighbour's doors and they start sharing with him about when they lost somebody, which seems sort of inappropriate when his wife is literally missing now, but um, it doesn't quite work. But they tell these stories that are really creepy and really good. And and are they separate narratives? Yeah, it jumps back and then it comes back. But it does that twice. All in the flat? Within the block of flats, yeah. And it does that twice and then it just completely loses its way and becomes just nonsense, mad nonsense. Maybe they run out of money. Well, no, I mean, it's it's complicated nonsense. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, purposefully, it feels like somebody has persevered and continued to get better and better and better at making that student art film we've all seen. And okay. it was very like that, very, very like that, but just expertly done, but still not worth seeing. Oh. Um, I'm looking on IMDb, it's got a 5.9. Yeah. It's been nominated for some awards at some obscure film festivals. That's right, yeah. Um, it's written and directed by uh, uh, a man and a lady together. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I can see. Helena Catet and Bruno Fazzani. <laughs> that's that's them, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's full of the the strange colour of your body's tears is by the end clearly referring to blood. Oh, okay. and it's sort of erotic and violent. Um, there's lots of pickaxe holes in the head that look like vaginas going around it. Do you and the guy with the Worcester sauce would have liked it. <laughs> I think he would have loved it. He should have stayed in uh, and and watched that film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's you know I want to I wanted to like it because there was clearly some good stuff about it, but I could not ignore the fact I was really really bored. Uh, because it, long? it was surreal. Yeah, it's quite long. It was surreal. But without any real human character um, or reactions, any reality to it, it just went crazy and continued to be crazy, like a music video without a song over it. This sounds like it's going to have quite a lot of nudity in it. No, not really. It it had repetitive shots of his wife uh, sort of purring with uh, erotic ecstasy as somebody ran a blade over her nipple. But it was the same shot again. He used about eight times in the film. Or well, something. I think it is a budget thing. It, I mean, it, it didn't look low budget, but it more than likely was. But mm. it's yeah, it just it's one of those things where I'm I'm happy for things to go a bit crazy and for me to not know what's happening if it sort of if it sort of ascends from the the mundane. But this was just like a really boring dream that you want to wake up from. 
most of my dreams like that. I think uh, the film I'm going to talk about is very similar. But um, first of all, uh, shall we have a look at the emails? Yeah, sure. But what do people do? What do you mean? Well, I should carry on talking. Yeah. What do people do if they want to contact us about some sort of um, business? <laughs> well, if you want to air your business with us, then you can email us at dearfilmfandango@gmail.com. And that's the main way. Mm. Or go to Facebook, forward slash Film Fandango, right on there. If you just want to share movie-related stuff with other people who like movies, then stick it on our Facebook page. Why the hell not? And, uh, yes, if you'd like to tweet us, then you can tweet uh, at Marek Larwood, at Mr David Reed, or at Film Fandango. Um, but, listen, how much do I have to pay for this podcast? You don't have to pay anything. That sounds good. Well, it sounds great, doesn't it? And lots of people would take advantage of that. <laughs> but our listeners wouldn't do that, would they? No, no. Our listeners are good, kind-hearted people. Because this podcast runs solely on donations to pay for the uh, hiring of the... It uh, runs solely on fumes, let's be honest. <laughs> on the, something To hire these or something like that. Yeah. it's um, we, we do this podcast for free, and we've been doing it for coming up on 130 episodes that's 130 weeks of shows um so if you would like to keep it alive let's be honest then uh please do donate um i don't know what is an appropriate amount for a one thousand pounds and a thousand pounds a show um no i mean what i don't know what for two thousand half an hour to 45 minutes of entertainment i don't know what whatever you deem is appropriate but um it we'd really really appreciate it if you could go to filmfandango.co.uk not .com, because .com just has a list of the episodes. Co.uk is the one you want, and uh, you can follow the link from there. And thank you to everyone who has. You are heroes. Yes, thank you. Thank you for paying to listen to a man who is still drunk and can't form a sentence. <laughs> i tell you what, someone's written in. Good, what do they want? Well, I was talking about people, the new trend of people... Um, using their smartphones in cinemas mm. and uh, the blue screen things. Robert Burris, who I think won our Oscar competition, prediction competition, has written an email in. You're good at reading. Thanks, mate. What does Robert Burris speak like? Like someone who's a bit cross. <sighs> Marek, I feel every single part of your pain. Not today. Whenever someone checks their phone in the cinema, I want to scream... They don't even need to be sitting in front of you. A person on the same row, about ten seats away, can still invade your peripheral vision. I am the only person in the world who still doesn't own a phone of any kind, so I find it very difficult to understand what these losers think they're up to. If they have the time to see Grand Budapest Hotel at 2pm on a Tuesday, there is no way they need to check their email. I could. It could be worse, though. When I went to see the RSC doing one of those plays that they do, some idiot in front of me took photos of the stage every five minutes on her giant phone. Because there's no point seeing Shakespeare unless you can tweak photographic proof to your friends as you watch. Best, Rob. Um, he, he's quite right. Why is he? He, he doesn't phone, have though? a phone, and he thought she had a giant phone. She might have been taking it on an iPad. I've seen that. Have you seen it like concerts where people hold up iPads t- to film the whole thing? There's even an advert now about mum and dad, about mums and dads on um, uh, film filming 
Christmas nativity plays. Yes. That most people film it rather than watch it. But if you're a smug git, you've got the uh, 58 megapixels, so you can just hold it and zoom in, and then when you zoom in, it'll be, like, really shaky. You think the school just video it and charge? Yeah. Or just put it up online for them to get for free, if it's going to help the evening. Yeah. Why not? Doesn't cost anything, just a bit of goodwill. Isn't it? Just a bit of goodwill. It's true. And um, there's a, another email as well. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, thank you for your email, Rob. You're quite right. People are assholes. And well, get a phone, for God's sake. That is weird. <laughs> it makes me think he's either a spy or he's just come out of prison. Mm. Mm. Or he just, you know, he's independently wealthy and doesn't need to do anything. But uh, if I imagine people who have phone don't have phones wouldn't listen to podcasts I mean that's that's an incredible leap maybe he copies them all onto cassette mm. a, a friend copies them all onto cassette for him he how do you get co- in contact with this Rob you don't have a phone but you do have the internet um, talking of we- I'm amazed talking of weirdos yeah um, Christopher Webb's emailed in again ah old Chris Webb what does he want I don't know I think he's he's emailing about another another email. I think it's just a bit of a story about him watching films. But I know that our listeners would like to hear it. Okay, you're good at reading, aren't you, David? I'm okay at it. Yeah. What voice do you want this week? Um. Oh, he says, Pre- "Please read this mail in the style of Windsor Davies." That's it, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. Uh, was he not slightly Welsh? Was he Welsh? Yes, yeah, he was Welsh. I don't yes. remember him very well. What was it called? That show? Ain't Half Hot Ain't Half Hot Mum. Dear lovely boys, I really enjoyed Mary's, Mary's, I don't know, email last week about films that had improved when dubbing into a foreign language. I thought you'd like one that I enjoyed. During a school trip to France in the mid-80s, we went to the cinema to see Police Academy 2, the first assignment. Or as it was called in French, Police Academy 2, un boulot, which I think means get to work. While we couldn't really understand what was going on, Michael Winslow's helicopters and machine guns still sounded the same. <laughs> the movie really came into its own when Bobcat Goldthwaite's Z appeared. His incomprehensible nasal whining dumped into French was worth the trip and made the film much more enjoyable than its English-language equivalent. And I know it's TV and not a movie, but I've also seen Hello, Hello, dubbed into French, and it works surprisingly well. As for the second half of Mary, Miri, whatever that name was, male regarding a movie being improved by where you watched it, I live in Hawke's Bay, New Zealand, and I'm surrounded by vineyards. No siren here, Marek. Of the vineyards... One of the vineyards has a summer film festival, so a few years back I watched Sideways while lounging on a blanket in the middle of rows of grapes. I was drinking Merlot. Lots of love, as always, Chris. Oh, oh he also goes on to say, if you, P.S., if you want a film about moving house, which was, we talked about oh, yes, yes, give Jack Rosenthal's The Chain a try. Ah... Well, thank you, Christopher thank Webb, you, Christopher for your... Webb. I'm starting to get a whole picture of his life now. Yeah, I mean, vineyards, New Zealand, it sounds A man lovely. in his pants. He also said... Lying on, in amongst grapes, I'm imagining. Oh, yeah, constantly lying in his pants. Yeah. He didn't say whether it was any good seeing sideways amongst grapes, but I imagine that was, that was his implication. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris Webb. Um, I've been to see a film. 
what did you go to see? Oh my god, you're going to leave it in. What did you go to see? Um, I went. Now you have to leave it in because <laughs> I'm otherwise you just sound like I'm laughing for no at reason. Yourself. And I'm I'm talking now, so you have to leave that you burped in there. Okay. That hopefully people will complain about that. I went to see the double. Okay. What is a double? Stephen Ayoade. Richard Ayoade's um, film. It is based. Oh, it's based on a Dostoevsky novel. Yeah. And my voice is breaking. <clears throat> I look forward to this. Or a novella. Uh, but what happens in it? Can I guess what happens from the trailer? Because I've seen the trailer. Yes. It's Jesse Eisenberg, right? Yes. And he works in some sort of Brazil-esque future bureaucratic dystopia. Very, very much like Brazil. Yeah. He's in love with Mia Wasikowska. Yes. Um, and But he's too shy to do anything about it. Yes. And then his doppelganger turns up, someone who isn't his twin but looks very, very like him. Yeah. And uh, is everything he isn't. And uh, ends up actually getting the girl but isn't a nice chap and so he ends up having to defeat him sort of thing it's all sort of I don't understand any spoilers it's pretty much okay. done it in the trailer um, you could see I don't even know it was, it was based on a Dostoevsky thing so I think I've read, only read Crime and Punishment which is a quite it's an amazing novel and it's all about neurosis and people him getting slightly mad because he's guilty because he's killed someone right. that's Crime and Punishment I can do spoilers on that it's about two years old <laughs> Um, and it's all about him going mad and whether he thinks or you know I haven't like, finished the bible yet so don't yeah. tell me what happened <laughs> so I can see why it's like that it just feels it it, it it borrows really heavily from Brazil and uh, Terry Gilliam's sort of it, Uber, it looked like it borrowed from one set in Brazil in particular but didn't really leave it you know the, the bullpen writing desks mm. and stuff um no bad thing if you do something with it, but so it's a, uh, it's just a feel. Of, it's it's like an uh, the best way to, to describe it. It's like an anxiety dream. So those dreams when you go to you think you would go to school and you know in just your pants or you've got uh, uh, an exam the next day you haven't revised for mm. those or you in a car and you've forgotten how to drive. It's when you're just awake enough that your rational brain starts going. Hang on, but you don't know the lines to a play. What yeah, are you doing yeah. walking on stage? And then suddenly you, you don't, it's don't know. It's like watching that continuously and a, a series of events that, unfortunate events that occur to this character, which are, which sort of build upon, you know, it's he's constantly unfortunate. Right. And it's like a bad dream. And I found it monotonous. Oh. And I found it uh, boring. The um, set in itself, again, just talking from the trailer, but um, felt repetitive already, but just from the trailer that everything looked sort of brown and concrete. Yes, there's a, sort of cut, there's a colour palette to it, mm. which is that sort of browny, yellowy, almost 70s... Tobacco sort of stain yeah. kind of look. And it feels, it's, you feel you're trapped in this world. It's very claustrophobic. And it's supposed to be claustrophobic. Even the desks are, are small desks they're in. Every space is quite small. They've got their rooms. They live in a quite in a block, quite small. Yeah. It's a, a sort of dystopian anxiety dream that isn't necessary. I didn't. People said they found it funny. I didn't see what was funny in this film whatsoever. 
it's just it's just a bit. Did you see Submarine? Mm, no, that was his first. Film. Yes, I did with that young kid. Yeah, 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 I did see that. I, I quite enjoyed that. I interviewed the cast about it on the red carpet, but oh, I okay. hadn't seen the film, so I just had to bullshit my way. Through. I quite enjoyed that because that's a love story, isn't it? When he falls in with a, a guy, a sort of troubled teenager. Yes, I think it's, a bit, it's a bit autobiographical, isn't it? A little bit. I think, it's I think a there. little bit. It's sort of coming of age thing. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was good. I thought this was uh, style over substance, and although the acting is good, I mean Jesse Eisenberg's a great actor. It, it, why would you want to watch something just things repetitively go wrong for someone and it's annoying you know when things that you, you know it's going to everything he does is going to go wrong I mean the it just, becomes annoying the justification for that is if it's funny I mean you would have thought yeah it feels a bit because that's the structure of a comedy isn't it often you know things yeah. just continually go wrong for somebody who deserves better and it feels quite old fashioned in that sense it doesn't feel like a new right. comedy it's quite an old is that someone doing a re a remaking a, a Dickens novel? It feels really. That's why I probably work, it's based on that novella. So you've probably been. I didn't realise that until just now. So apologies. <laughs> Have to reappraise all of your yeah. your bile. Now. So you can you can feel that it's based on a an old novel. I'm so, so inarticulate today. Um, How's Mia Wasikowska? I quite like her. Yes, she's very good. I enjoyed all the. I, there's people we've worked with as well. There's a guy. Um, uh, let me look up IMDb. Okay. I can't. He's, he's not even on here. <laughs> he sure he was in it. Yeah, he was a guy. Uh, he was in Sorry I've Got No Head. Cobner Holbrook Smith. He's got a big part on it. Who? Cobner. Do you know Cobner? No. Great name. He's. Uh, Show me a photo. I'm showing you a photo now. There he is there. Okay. Basically, the casting people in, in the UK, I don't know if says, only have in their books about. Three ethnic minority people. That's right, yeah. Who get known for comedy, and once they get known for comedy, they're in every single thing. Yeah. They don't, they don't stretch their, their imaginations further than that. Um, he's in it, so there's lots of people we sort of recognise and, and, and know from the comedy circuit with small cameo roles in, which is nice to see. Uh, I think it. I didn't enjoy it, and it felt it was more like a film. Showing off our entire classy director, no doubt he's a good director, but the whole point is to enjoy the film. I did not enjoy it, and I'm, I also I'm still drunk. <laughs> uh, Were you drunk when you saw it? No, I was, I was stone cold sober, and I felt bored, and I felt as if I was. Uh, <laughs> you reached new heights of being sober by watching this film. Yes, yes, exactly. And I felt uh, I felt trapped in the cinema, like very much like the main character is trapped in the film. I bet afterwards you felt like having a double. Yes, or maybe a triple scotch. I don't drink scotch, but I might have had a double um, double chocolate. Oh, buddy, <laughs> he's groaning at your uh, descriptions. Oh. Well, that's my. I give it five marics. Okay. And I give that review one mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't. Uh, I didn't give the strange colour of your body's tears a, a score. Uh, I'm going to give it two Davids. Two Davids. Yes. So there we go. There are two films that you shouldn't go and watch this week. Well, it's our new uh, system of a process of elimination, uh, where we tell you the films not to see, and then you go and see something. Yeah. Else. Um. Well. Well, we should do that. We should just do it really drunk. Go and see a film drunk and review it when you're sober. 
or the other way around. You see it to... sober and then review it when you're drunk. Have you ever been to cinema um, drunk? I don't think I have, you know. No, I don't think I have. I think my toilet breaks would be would go up astronomically in in uh, I don't think, one I don't think I'd want to do that to the other people watching the film. Well, I wouldn't go to the toilet in the cinema. I'd leave the cinema and go to the toilet. Sure, you mean the screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. the cinema. Not Surely the cinema. you could use the cinema. Yeah, yeah. Oh god. Um, well, you'd sit in an aisle at the back, I think, if you were going to do this experiment. Um, I think we should try it once. I don't ever want to drink again. Okay. Okay. I didn't even want to drink last night. Can't undo that. Never go back. Ah, um, well, I guess... Have you ever been drunk in a cinema, <laughs> listeners? Or have you been affected by any of the issues raised in this programme? If it's alcoholism, we're not interested. But anything humorous or anecdotal, why not email in dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Yes. Yes. Um... That's all for this week. Sorry, they've been rubbish films. We have no control over that. Uh, we'll be back next week with yet more films and hopefully better ones. Uh, but in the meantime... Keep, how many times can you say film in, in a paragraph? Uh, what, in different contexts? Yeah. Why not film a film uh, of some film and film it into us? No, I don't know. Hey, guys, keep watching the films. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.